0: Hello, you play to win the game.
1: I mean, listen, we're talking
0: about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That
1: was insane! Officially insane, LeBron.
2: what's going on y'all welcome back to another edition of claws to the wall we got a good show for y'all today i'm joined by my man colton paxton and my man jp we got a good lineup for y'all today we're going to recap and preview san Marcos high school football we're going to dig into some texas state football texas state volleyball texas state soccer, uh soccer excuse me and then we're going to dig into some college football there's one game in particular that i think this whole entire world is dying to see. And then we are going to dig in to some NFL week one. And we're going to make some picks for y'all today. But first off, guys, we're going to start off with San Marcos High School football. In their game against madison my me and kyle Owen was on the call for that and i know paxton you were in the studio uh hearing us call it it was a phenomenal game it was one of those games where it was a pleasure for us to watch the final score was 31 224 it went into overtime and the rattlers held their ground against the madison mavericks and, man, I just got to tell you, the run game was so strong in that game between Jaden Brown and then Jake, uh, Jacob Rodriguez-Schultz. Them two were heavy. I think – I believe they had over 100 yards rushing combined, I believe. Uh, but I just want to – Paxton, I'll start with you.
1: I just want to get your insight on uh, what did you think of this Rattler team. Well, it definitely was an improvement from their uh, week one matchup against Hutto. Uh, but when I, the major thing that I would say that they improved on was their penalties, and we were talking about it earlier I mean, they went from 15 penalties against their uh, matchup against Hutto to this past week. We didn't have anyone actually taking stats this past week. So we don't have a for sure number, oh, of course. but I can tell you it was an astronomical change difference. The amount of less penal, the fewer penalties that they had in this previous matchup. And then, you know, sadly, I wasn't able to go to this game mm-hmm. like last week. I was, I was producing it. Uh, But from what hearing y'all call the game, it definitely was a phenomenal run game Mm -hmm. for the Rattlers. And De Leon did great as well as far as rushing and as far as passing. He uh, drastically improved from his week one matchup Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the passing aspect. Uh, He was finally able to get open receivers, finally able to give them perfect throws, and they capitalized on it with a win. So uh, this week, you know, looking forward to that and really just continue uh with the wonderful passing game wonderful rushing game as well and then also keep up with the fewer penalties yeah golden
3: yeah after we were covering um the Hutto game we said they needed some big improvements on the run game on the penalties and also on the turnovers they turned over the ball a few times in that game against Hutto, and it it looks like it during this week in between games they really took it to heart and you know, went to improve all of those things. And if that much improvement comes from one week to the next, I think the the improvements this team can make from now into the end of the season are
0: are amazing. JP, I mean, just looking at the numbers here, you could definitely tell that um, they they had a better week last week than the prior week. Um, zero turnovers is something to be definitely proud about um, and something to build upon for next week for sure.
2: Yeah. So, like well, like I said before, it was it was a fantastic win yeah. for the San Marcos Raptors is their first to win on the year. So they are now officially one and one on the year. Their next matchup is this Thursday at seven o'clock in san Anto- in san antonio texas well they will be taking on the wagner thunderbirds who are currently two and oh and two on uh the season so let's uh let's see what happens and see if they can get uh another win on the belt but now we're going to transition over to the texas state side of sports and we're digging to some texas state football and guys the football team uh the bobcats unfortunately came up with a loss in their season opener against um excuse, uh, excuse me sorry against uh nevada and unfortunately uh you know i know the guys are probably saying to themselves like what happened you know it was it was one of those games where they had so much enthusiasm in the beginning and then all of a sudden it just crumbled it was 14 to 7 at the half and then nevada just blew the gates open final score in that game was 38 to 14 and when i look at these stats guys i'm actually kind of surprised when i see this so lane hatcher went 33 for 51 over 289 yards passing yards two touchdowns two interceptions and he got sacked four times in the game so I'm kind of wondering. So first off, I want to get y'all's inside thoughts on: Do you think maybe there was maybe some issue between the game, like maybe there was a lot of miscommunications, or uh, like what do you think? What do you think was the problem for the Bobcats?
3: Uh, you know, I, I got to watch the game after the the struggle for getting the live stream to work. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, and I was I was really excited. The first drive looked really good. They were driving down the field, uh, and then there was a holding penalty, mm-hmm. and then there was a false start penalty, and suddenly it was like third and twenty plus. And after that, they just they didn't really look the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think all the players really performed well. Uh, on the offensive side, I, I think Hatcher, despite the two interceptions, had some promising numbers and definitely, I think, was, was better than either of our last two quarterbacks. Uh, the run game, though, the run game, Jamil Jeter and Calvin Hill ran for 27 yards total between two people. And that, that wasn't on, like, you know, one or two carries. Like, mm-hmm. they ran the ball double-digit times and had 27 total rush yards. So you've you got to be able to run the ball better, and that, that comes from the offensive line, too.
1: Yeah, and you know, speaking of the offense a lot and I'm not trying to bash them at by any means, but I just looked at it and Lane Hatcher had negative 44 yards when it comes to sacks. Like that that's how that's how huge sacks can affect your game. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the whole overall game and you're right, he threw 59 total passes, 33 mm-hmm. were complete. Mm-hmm. A large number like that in your passing category is telling you one thing that you have no rushing offense going mm-hmm. on, and that was very evident in this past game because there was, I believe, what was negative twelve total rushing yards, yards. Mm-hmm. which is awful, especially in the offense or especially in the college football realm. And so you really need to get something going with your wonderful running backs because I've I've seen Calvin Hill and mm-hmm. I've seen Jamel Jeter; they are phenomenal running oh, yeah. backs. But this past weekend, I mean, they were shooting themselves in the foot with penalties mm-hmm. and, the, you know, bad bad blocking. So they they really need to focus on improving their run game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, having twenty seven yards for a game isn't something that to be proud of necessarily. Um, definitely a place where we could improve or room for improvement. Um, not to switch it over too much, but to defense, uh, we didn't force any turnovers uh overall i think that they played great a lot of intensity but there was two possessions on the goal line where i felt like we missed a few tackles Mm -hmm. and that's the difference of 14 points take 14 points away from that team we're a lot closer than the score shows now so defense still needs some improvement but um like the intensity I saw for
2: that team. Yeah, and you make you bring up a good point. You know, intensity in any any sport you play, you gotta have like a lot of intensity, a lot of hype. And I feel like the Bobcats have that. They just need to probably just put the puzzle pieces back together to you know actually connect and actually bond and form what could possibly be a great team that we could see later on as you know as the season uh, goes on. But that was against Nevada. But they have a new game coming up this weekend. It will be on Saturday, September tenth. At six o'clock PM. It will be the home opener of for the Bobcats as they will take on Florida International University. You can listen to it here on KTSW 899 and uh try to, you know, root on for your Bobcat root on for your Bobcats. But now we are gonna transition into volleyball as they had their Hawaii tournament this past weekend. It was the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge Tournament. And quite frankly, I was actually kind of surprised. A little bit, because I know on the last podcast we were talking about, hey, you know, even though they're in a different state, in a more relaxing state, you know, they were probably going to, you know, have some challenges, have some challenges possibly. But, you know, as long and like we said, probably them working hard a lot more and, you know, just things just try to, you know, try to click. So but the first uh series was against Hawaii, the main uh the main home opener of the of the uh tournament. And they got shut out 03. They won three sets. Uh, first set was 28 26 Hawaii, second set was 25, 20 Hawaii. and then the third and final set that sealed the deal was 27, 25 Hawaii. And then in the second tournament second game, they took on the number tweet number 23 ranked UCLA of the pac I believe it's the pack 12, right? I want to get that make yeah. sure I get that right. okay. Now,
1: now about to be Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> True. But yeah.
2: So, but they took on UCLA, and it was the same result. 0 and 3. UCLA 25, Texas State 22 in the first set. It was 25 to 13 the mm-hmm. second set, and then 25 to 18 in the third and final set that led UCLA to the victory. But at least they actually got something a little bit more motive. They uh, played West Virginia in their final set and they won 3 out of the out of the 5 sets. It was 25-17 Texas State first set, 25-18 second set and then West Virginia took one of them, 25-17 uh, West Virginia and then the final set that Texas State dominated and won was 25-18 in the fourth set. So uh you know volleyball even though they suffered the two losses, they actually, you know, got out of the tournament with their head high. They got a win out of the tournament. So, uh, guys, I want to take it to you. Uh, what y'all think of this volleyball team this past tournament?
3: Yeah, we, last week we talked about, you know, looking forward to this tournament and how we thought it'd be a good challenge for the Bobcats. And I think they really did get that out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they faced Hawaii, who's, who played really competitively, and they played really competitively right back with them. There was There was no point during that game where it was out of the Bobcats' hand, and I think, you know, it just fell to Hawaii. Uh, with UCLA, I think that that matchup was just a little too much for the Bobcats at this stage of the season. You know, they, they came off playing some lower ranked teams, and UCLA just kind of played like UCLA volleyball does. Uh, but in, in the West Virginia game, I actually was reading an interesting stat. You know, they they won that three to one to mm-hmm. kind of have a strong ending to their trip in Hawaii. But in that matchup, Emily DeWalt had 45 assists. Mm-hmm. And just the second-place person for on the team for assists in that game was Alyssa Ortega, and she had two assists. Mm. Uh, but 45 assists allowed Emily DeWalt to pass um, the 5,000 career assist milestone. So, you know, last week she got her 19th career uh, setter of the week, and she's trying to get her fifth Sun Belt setter of the year. So I think – That's an interesting stat and it's kind of fun to take that away after maybe not the weekend that they were hoping for
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't the weekend they were looking for and we were talking about on uh, Bobcat radio last Friday And this is by no means an excuse But you know one thing to look at in that first matchup against Hawaii is that you know It is in a different state, especially a state that's really practically halfway across the world Mm -hmm. You're gonna have tremendous jet lag jet lag affects you in ways you can't even describe and so you know like i said i'm not using that as excuse for the loss but that definitely, I believe, had some type of impact on their first matchup against Hawaii. Now UCLA is a different story; it's a <laughs> different day, or it was actually later on in the day. Later on in the day, uh, yeah. but UCLA is a very tough volleyball team to play against, and it showed in that in the scores that you talked about earlier. I mean, twenty-five to thirteen is a huge difference, yeah. especially in volleyball. Uh, so, but like I said, the Bruins are a phenomenal volleyball teams. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say you should expect something like that. That's not that's not what I'm gonna say. But you know, when it's someone that is as highly ranked, I should say, as the Bruins, you know, it, it's gonna be tough. So I'm not too incredibly surprised. Now with the Mountaineers of West Virginia, that is a great bounce back win for them, and that's a trend that you want to see them come back mm-hmm. uh, this weekend with their Bobcat inv- Invitational. That's a trend that you want to see. So. You know, sadly, they've dropped their first two games of the season, but, you know, it's it's nothing to really get worked up about. Just mm-hmm. learn from your mistakes, move on, and capitalize on them
2: so that will be your texas state volleyball team they will be like paxton said they will be hosting their bobcat invitational this is their first home open um, home opener it will be this friday starting this friday well they will take on sam houston at 2 p.m and then they will take on the Ole miss rebels right after that at 7 p.m and then finally on sunday the finale will be against wake forest so you can catch those games on uh KTS, on KTSW try to keep up with stats but now we're going to transition to into another sport who is undefeated and that would be the Texas State soccer team who took on North Texas and they actually tied for the year because of the new rule the new rule in college uh, in college soccer uh that they now implemented ties so they tied it up uh 2-2 and they both scored two goals in the in the second period uh second period and ended the final of 2-2 so uh not a loss but a tie but a tie so i mean honestly i'm not um, i wouldn't say i'm not surprised but kind of interesting to see um that north texas was able to hang with the bobcats so uh guys i want to just get y'all's input what y'all what y'all think of this north texas game and uh what do you, like what did y'all see
3: yeah the uh the thing I find most interesting about, about that game was that the game was completely scoreless until the 72nd minute of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a few shots in the first half, but the Mean Green ended up going up one to nothing in the 72nd minute. And then it didn't take very long for the Bobcats to, to match it. And th- there was four goals, 2-2, two to two, and it all came within 13 minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I really kind of am curious what the the change at halftime was to uh, (laughs) go from such a a defensively strong game to then there being, you know, multiple goals Mm -hmm. within a little, a little less than, you know, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. in the second half. Yeah, you're right.
1: I mean, four, four combined goals within 13 minutes in soccer is almost unheard of to be honest. (laughs) Um, And so I was, I was shocked to see it. And you know, uh, I, I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what happened? I mean, the first the first half it was just all defense. Mm-hmm. No scores were allowed. I mean, barely even shots at the goals were allowed. Mm-hmm. And then in second half they score four goals in thirteen minutes. That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, like you said, I have you know personal. Beef, quote unquote, with UNT. <laughs> so I wanted them to win 10-0, but that didn't happen. But, you know, they still came out with a tie. So we still technically won this game. Mm-hmm. So our, our uh, you know, ladies are still undefeated to begin the season, which is a phenomenal job on their part. And uh, another cool fact to look at is they've played six games now, and half of those games, three of those games, have been shutouts. Yes, That's it a has. very impressive stat. Yes, it so has. this offense and defense for that matter really just the whole team yes mm-hmm. uh they just they need to keep this up they i know they want to keep this up they're mm-hmm. they're showing it with their their hunger for the game and i'm enjoying watching it
0: yeah i uh, love where this bobcats team's headed if you were to ask players and coaches before the season started what you wanted the record to be after poor games this is the second best choice uh, three zero and one right behind four and zero but uh you like where they're going i mean definitely like the win columns going in the direction they're going um the first three games, we outsc- or had more shots on goal than our opponents, so that's also something to be proud of. Uh, you s- get more shots towards the goal than your opponent, you're more more likely to win. So... Um good stats to be proud of um, coming out of this weekend
2: yeah no doubt and that's, and like you guys mentioned before they're really hot this you know it's a new team new coach you know obviously you know new players some coming back some are you know just now getting started and this team is absolutely red hot and they're going to continue that as they will take on rice tomorrow at 7 o'clock p.m. you can keep track of stats and scores on the texas state uh, at texasstate.com and uh, just look up sports and find women's soccer so keep on uh, continuing and then they will have their next game against tcu on sunday here in san marcus at one o'clock and then they will go into conference play right after that so we will see what this bobcat team is made of for the next couple days but, folks, that was your San Marcus high school and Texas State sports. But now we're going to transition into national sports. We're going to dig in into some college football right now. And, guys, there is one game that I am – I think everyone – I think myself and, and all three of y- you guys and then probably everybody in the whole world <laughs> is excited to see, and that is the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on – The Texas Longhorns at 11 o'clock in Central Time on on, and it's going to be on Fox. And guys, this has been a matchup. I think many people have been waiting for since their national championship meeting in 2010 when Colt McCoy got hurt and was out for the remainder of the game. But guys, I kind of want to get your insights and Pax, I'm going to start with you because I know you're you're a Longhorn fan. So I want to kick it to you. Do you think the Longhorns have a little something some for the Crimson Tide?
1: I mean, I'm not going to say anything off of that because I believe in jinxing <laughs> things. And so I'm I'm going to keep my mouth shut up as best I can. But I will say this is that, um, you know, if we uh, would have had Colt McCoy in that game, we would have won. No so <laughs> uh, I, will, I am a firm believer of that I still remember watching that game, but I won't get into all that. But I will say... Their last game against ULM, I, I watched it all the way through, and I wasn't I was impressed, but I wasn't thoroughly impressed because ULM is still a great team. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. But this this is a University of Texas, and this is a completely different system that they are under now with Steve Sarkeesian and Q Newers and mm-hmm all this and so it was the first game that they all were able to collide together and play against different opponents than themselves mm-hmm. and so that's why i'm not going to hold against them too much but i mean like Bijan, Bijan robinson had 10 carries for 71 yards yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like which is which is great but i mean that Bijan robinson can put up easily 100 plus yards in a game oh yeah and you know something like that sticks out a little bit to me but i will say more positive approach q newer's second no third play of the game he threw an interception everybody's already getting a tough shot that's what ut fans are like mm-hmm. but i was thinking this kid hasn't played in two years mm-hmm. he was at ohio state and he played like two plays and they were just handoffs to the running back to run down the clock he hasn't played since his scene actually junior year of uh high school so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna hold it against him especially since after that he went 16 and 24 mm-hmm. uh so and a matchup or the the pairing that I'm the duo that I'm excited to see is him and Jatavian Sanders. Yes, I mean they were phenomenal in that game, and that's that's just a tight end. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you've got him, Xavier Worthy, Xavier Worthy, Bijan, and then that defense is looking actually really good. Now, granted, it was ULM, but <laughs> uh, ULM, like I said, is still a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the defense was looking scary, so. Now it is Bama. It is a completely <laughs> different team, but I'm not going to say anything else. Like I said earlier, <laughs> but I I will say I'm excited to see it. I'm going to be up at 7 a.m. getting ready for it. So,
3: yeah, I I also grew up a UT fan. I remember the the UT Bama national championship, <laughs> but but honestly, I've kind of been in a love hate relationship with them since they played Texas
2: State <laughs> in baseball last year. Uh, oh, that was
0: unbelievable.
3: I, I um. I don't know what to think about this game. You know, they, they both played teams in Utah State and ULM that they knew that they were going to beat. They they both mm-hmm. did what they were supposed to do in week one, and I don't really know how much of a takeaway you can get from those games. Uh, and I think it's really – the game could go one of two ways, in my opinion. It's I think it, you're either going to get a Bama blowout and mm-hmm. all of those UT fans are going to go home – Really unhappy really early in the day. <laughs> or it's gonna be a really close game. And I, I'm hoping for the close game. You know, seeing Quinn and Bryce Young kind of duel out would be be very fun. Uh like you said, Quinn that's his first game in two years since he was at South Lake Carroll. Yeah. And, you know, Bryce Young was the Heisman winner last year. Yes. He was. So mm-hmm. you you have two very different, very different quarterbacks leading their teams and I, like I said, it can go one of two ways. I'm hoping for the close game, but I, I don't
0: know. Bama's good. This is going to be a very trial-by-fire weekend for Quinn Ewers. He's officially out of the shadows, you know, first real test in two years. Uh, I'm getting very Hudson Card Arkansas vibes from last <laughs> nah. year, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm hoping he makes it the whole game, you know. Uh, Waiting for a shot and we're all excited to watch him play, but uh, there's some key factors on that defense that to be worried about Um, Jordan battle he's gonna be a problem for Quinn all day Uh, deep ball passes weren't a strength last week Um, I think that was just you know getting used to the receivers Um, But I mean having him out there that's not gonna be very easy to get those deep balls off And then we also have will Anderson coming on the blitz in coverage Uh, There's just so many things on that defense to be scared about but uh, I'm excited. College, college game day is back in Austin. Yes, uh, it is. First time since LSU, and we know how that ended uh, like I know how loss, that ended But But uh, to the national champs, seven-point loss to the national champs. Uh, I'll, I'll carry that t- with me uh, as a Texas Longhorn fan. But uh, I
2: think every I think every Texas Longhorn football fan yeah, will carry that for catch the rest of a few catches in the life. end zone we
0: could have <laughs> had, but uh, very exciting. I remember being in fifth grade when that uh, schedule came out. We were going to play them. And uh, it, it's the time is now. Four days away. I'm really excited.
2: Yeah, I mean, let me. Oh God, I remember that game because Matty McConaughey was the guest picker for College Game Day, and mm. I remember him doing his signature. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had. Uh, he was. He was just full on excited. And then you know, obviously, the game itself was great. Other than the fact that you know, Joe Burrow and the national champion LSU Tigers unfortunately did us uh, did them pretty pretty badly but yeah but this is a whole different year so but like i said before bama and texas will play it'll be on fox just in case if anybody was wondering it'll start at 11 o'clock i'm pretty sure joe clatt and gus johnson are going to be really really excited for this. this yeah
0: this is yeah. G- who's going to be there uh college game day will be his first one uh, yes Pat it will Pat be McCaffey.
1: yeah okay but i uh i just hope that q newers doesn't get his Car towed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw that. Yeah. Uh, that's – that's. I mean, that Fresh sounds like something take. that happens take. here. Yeah, so – I've had my car uh, not towed, but I've had a ticket once while doing one of these <laughs> podcasts, so <laughs> – Oh, man, but that
2: was your little bit of college football. So, like we said before, Alabama, number one Alabama, take you on Texas Longhorns at 11 o'clock on Fox. You can catch that anywhere. Try to hang out with your friends. Go to a bar. It's going to be a good one. But now, guys – we are going to transition into some National Football League. It is the NFL Week 1. We'll begin tomorrow at 7.20 Central Time, our time. And, guys, it is a matchup that I think would really set the tone for the season. So, first off, we're going to be picking some games that I think are going to be very important in Week 1. The first game I'm going to start off with you guys is the Buffalo Bills taking on the – Los Angeles Rams tomorrow night on NBC. Who do y'all have winning?
3: It's it's a fun matchup. You got the last year's Super Bowl champions and the Rams, and you got last year's should have been Super Bowl champions, <laughs> 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 Bills, led by twenty twenty two MVP Josh Allen. I'm calling oh. it right now. That's my, that's my you're call. you're calling those already? Are, those are my boys. Um, the game is in LA though, and you know, first game of the season. I I'm still taking the Bills. I think the Bills were stacked last year and they added more weapons to an already stacked team you know Mm. you had von Miller. they stole von miller from the rams (laughs) added added von miller to an already great defense i i i don't think the rams can compete i think it'll be a fun game but i'm i think the bills are gonna decisively win
1: yeah i agree i I think that this was the this should have been the super bowl matchup last year but yeah you know, overtime rules, they've, they've now changed, thank God. <laughs> uh, but the overtime rules prevented this from happening. But I, I honestly, I, I can't really say anything because you literally just took exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> but I think the Bills, because I think the Rams are still going to be phenomenal. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. But this is yeah. week one. I think the Bills... They pretty much have the same team as last year, plus even better players. Yeah. Whereas the Rams, they lost Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Now they get Aaron Donald back. Old Al's still out there. You yeah. Know, wherever he is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, another thing to keep in mind is Cooper Cup was phenomenal last year. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, I feel like he could expect kind of a downgrade this year. I'm not going to say too drastically, but I, I, I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a downgrade this year. Uh so but yeah I'm going to pick the Bills.
0: Yeah no, yeah y'all hit it right on the nose. I think this is uh it's Josh Allen's year to really show some MVP caliber stuff and not like he hasn't already but uh this is his time to shine. We got some new running backs on the team, James Cook from last year's national championship oh, yeah. team. So oh, uh, yeah. a bright side in the running game which is something they didn't have too much last year. Um Bond Miller on the defense is not def- can't be a bad thing. So uh, very exciting for the Bills. Uh, uh good first matchup and test for week 1.
2: So for me, this was a coin flip for me because, you know, defending Super Bowl champion, you know, obviously the Rams. And then, you know, the more I think about the Bills, the more I just think about that game between the Bills and the Chiefs, which to me is one of the greatest games that I've ever been a part of. Physically watching it, that was unreal. But that that we'll save that for another day. But honestly, I agree with y'all. I have the Bills uh, winning their season opener. The Rams will drop... Oh, one. And like y'all said, Josh Allen is going to probably have probably the best year of his career, possibly. But hope and pray to God, knock on wood, that that there is no injuries prone. Mm-hmm. So but, you know, but I have the bells, the bills winning tomorrow. It, it will be at 720 central time. Now, another game that I'm actually highly interested in seeing is this Sunday, September 11th. It was it is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on Joe Shiefty in the Cincinnati Bengals and guys we kind of already know the tale of this story here between with the Cincinnati Bengals went eleven in six, uh, 11 in six the previous year made it all the way to the Super Bowl Super Bowl running runner up team and uh, I just gotta and then obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger retiring Mitchell Trubisky the inside and Kenny Pickett getting drafted also. So, guys, I got to know who will be winning this one.
3: I think the big question in this game is when is it not Mitch Trubisky's game anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the Bengals are a much better team right now. I think they're kind of in a similar situation with the Bills where they added a lot of nice uh, pieces to an already good team. Uh, so if, if you go out there and the Bengals just take it over and Trubisky's struggling – I don't see why Kenny Pickett doesn't get a shot in Week One. I, oh, no question. I, no I think question. they, you know, they took him eighth overall. I think I think that's a way too high to not put him in at some point. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think the Bengals have this one because the Steelers. I mean, let's be honest. I feel like their offense is not going to be the greatest. Right now, it,
2: it, honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. It hasn't been for the past couple yeah. of years. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna argue that.
1: Yeah, their defense has been their saving grace for the past yeah. few years. Yeah, but <laughs> so going off of that, I feel like the the offense versus defensive battle going uh, with the Steelers going against the, the Bengals. I feel like Bengals went on defense, and then the opposite. I feel like now the Bengals now have a pretty good offensive line. They got yes. Lyle Collins and they've got some other players uh, that they picked up over the offseason. I think they have what was quite possibly their worst link last year on the whole entire team. Yeah. They have drastically improved. And so I feel like that offense is even more dominant this year. And so I expect this dom- this dominant offense to now go against a really good defense, but I feel like it's gonna have the slider edge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm really close to picking the Steelers on this one, but the Bengals fixed the problem they had the most last year, and that's the offensive line. Uh, you can't have your quarterback getting sacked that much. Uh, they're lucky to have made it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'm being honest, but you, you fix the thing, your biggest issue, and um, I think you see it, it, improvement immediately. Um, the Steelers' defense is not going to just be a pushover, though, so it'll be a good week one test. But uh, yeah, I think we all are on the same page on this one. The Bengals, week one.
2: Uh, Uh, not me, no, because I'm a Steelers fan here and I have to stay loyal. But, you know, Paxton, you nailed it. You know, absolutely. The fact that our defense has been, you know, the saving grace of probably every season le- leading up to Ben's retirement. But I have to pick my loyal Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. to beat the Bengals. I will probably be crying in tears if they lose because, you know, it's the Cincinnati Bengals and we're supposed to be hitting them. Yeah. But <laughs> but there's, there's two more games. Actually, there's four more games that I'm actually highly interested. This one, I think, really defines – the AFC West, and it is the Mm. Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. And guys, we already know how this game ended up last year for the fight to get into the playoffs, because the scenario was is that whoever won the game made it to the playoffs with the Pittsburgh Steelers also going into the playoffs, and whoever loses was out. So, I gotta know, I have to ask this question. Do you think that the Raiders are much better, or could be possibly much better than they were last year, or could they be maybe slightly worse?
3: You know, I, I'm i looking at, at the Raiders, and I, I really don't know. I I think Derek Carr is one, one of those quarterbacks in the NFL that is good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he added Devontae Adams to which his, I thought was his wide receiver core, roof. which, you know, that helps him out a little bit, but I, I don't know how much I trust Derek Carr I don't I don't know how much I trust Derek Carr. I think Justin Herbert, he's added another year to his uh, resume. To his resume. He's he's improved some. And the I think it's I think it's gonna be another close game. You know, like you said, that week eighteen matchup was a 35 32 win for the Raiders mm-hmm. because of the the they went for the the Chargers went for the win and then it went to overtime and the Raiders, Daniel yeah. Carlson Carlson ended up saving the day. I think it's going to be another good game. Uh I'll I'll pick the Chargers though. Go Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, I um I think I'm going to say the Chargers as well just because I do think that the Raiders did change mm-hmm. over, uh in a positive way over the offseason, but I feel like the defense still needs slight work. Yeah. I think um I it's not a bad defense by any means, oh, no. but the no. AFC West is single-handedly the best. Uh, Oh yeah, easily in the NFL. So I think when you're going against the best teams, pretty much in the NFL, that defense isn't going to do the greatest, Mm -hmm. uh, especially against this high-powered, you know, Chargers offense with a wonderful quarterback, wonderful receivers, a really good running back, yeah, and pretty decent offensive line. And then on the defensive side for the Chargers, I mean, they've they pretty much have a wonderful defense. Yeah. So. I'm gonna say the Chargers have the slider edge in this game, so I'm gonna choose them.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about picking the Raiders just because of the chemistry between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams here. But if well, by watching the Packers last year told me anything, Devontae Adams doesn't make a game, so he's yeah. not. It's not a one v eleven out there. It is eleven versus eleven, and I'm gonna pick the Chargers just because uh, Austin Eckler and J- Justin Herbert, uh, great tandem there. Uh, I don't think the Raiders can really stop the Chargers if they get going. Um, I think the reason they lost last year, honestly, is they got contingent. They they knew they needed the tie, and I think they wanted the tie at some point. So I'm picking the Chargers. They make up for last year's loss and, you know, good start to the year.
2: You know, going back to what you said about, you know, last year's game, there was also a interesting scenario that if they both tied, they both would have been in the playoffs. So, which I thought was interesting because I was literally shedding a tear, making sure that neither one of them tied so that way we can get into the playoffs.
0: Thank you, Derek Carr. (laughs) Thank you,
2: yes. (laughs) But, you know, my take on this game is that I believe it's probably going to be a repeat of what we saw last year, especially in the season uh, finale. But I have to go with the Raiders first. I truly believe that, you know, Derek Carr is probably gonna have probably another year like he did in 2016 when he had probably probably one of his best years and when he you know defeat, you know, the Panthers and you know the Colts that year. But the Chargers have been so have improved so much to the point where you you cannot you know dislike them. Because of everything that's been adding, you know, Khalil Mack, you know, to that defensive edge, alongside with Joey Bosa on the other side, so I'm going to take the Chargers, but it's going to be a lot closer than 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 people would actually believe. Right. But and now and now we got one. We got one that's Paxton. I think you're going to be interested in seeing, Uh, and that is mm. the Sunday Night Football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas cowboys Mm. so now i know we were talking a lot on about the cowboys this past season after their uh very interesting loss that they took against the 49ers in the wild card game where dak prescott ran the ball and (laughs) did not know the rules to find the referee to give him the ball so that way they can place it and stop the clock yeah so, but you draw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so Paxton, I'm gonna throw it to you first. Cause I know you were mentioning about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and you know Dak Prescott, you know, possibly having, you know, another year where he could it could be a hit or miss. But I want to get your insight first on who's gonna win it and what do you think might happen?
1: Uh it's a tough one because honestly, I feel like as a Cowboys fan. I feel like we have digressed uh, from last year uh, with Amari, getting rid of Amari Cooper for practically nothing. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I I know like he last year, Amari Cooper, he didn't really go off, but he was still there. Oh, yeah. Like he was still a great second option behind CeeDee Lamb. Mm -hmm. Whereas this year it's CeeDee Lamb and no one else. Essentially, it seems like. Uh, because uh, Michael Gallup's still going to be out for at least this matchup, mm-hmm. um, and we got rid of uh, uh, Cedric Wilson. Mm-hmm. But one person I'm interested in is Kevontae Turpin. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw his offseason or a preseason game, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the previous USFL MVP, yeah. and uh, just because it's a different league doesn't mean – You know, that doesn't hold high standards or anything. It's still a wonderful honor. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to see him on the field. But as far as the actual matchup as a whole, I honestly, um, I do think that the Cowboys do have a chance just because I feel that game ticked them off last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I feel like they want revenge on that. And then with all of Brady's whole stuff going on right now, behind the scenes with Giselle and all that, I'm not going to say because he is the goat in my opinion. Oh yeah, but He's I my feel goat. that's got to get behind your head mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that's going to affect his game. Not not too too bad, but I do think it's going to affect his game. And I feel like the Cowboys' defense with second year Dan Quinn mm-hmm. as the defensive coordinator are going to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. Before I made my pick, I had to check in on the Tom Brady news. He's still missing time here and there. Uh, obviously, you got to do you got to deal with what you deal with. Um, Coming out of retirement just for this season, uh, I think a lot of upside. Uh, I think he's going for the eighth one. And um, good test against the Cowboys. I think – did they win last year or did they lose the – Bucks won last year. The Bucks year. won. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to pick the Bucks. Not a surprise, but uh, I'm a little biased with the Cowboys. But it'll be a close game. I'll, I'll give the Cowboys that. Good defense. Um, just can't really go wrong with picking Tom Brady.
3: Yeah, I think uh, both sides kind of have an interesting story, you know, I feel like every year Cowboys fans say that that Dak Prescott's gonna have a better year and that Ezekiel Elliott's <laughs> gonna have a better year. But at what point is like is Dak's last chance? At what point? Yeah. You know, I don't even I don't even know if Ezekiel Elliott's the the number one running back on the Cowboys roster. I think Tony Pollard is gonna outperform him this year. Uh, but with the Buccaneers, like you said, you know Tom Brady's been missing a lot of time. He missed like the first three weeks of camp. Yeah. Over the off mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, I I hate the Cowboys and <laughs> and, and Tom Brady is uh, the goat re- regardless if he retired over the offseason or not. Um, so regardless
2: I, if he retires in the off
3: I'm saying if he didn't play this season, yeah. he's still the best. I don't.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Know. There's there's no debate about that. And honestly, I would hate for someone to argue that because <laughs> it's it's factual. You know the you know facts speak for itself. So and he did it with obviously we are where this scale. Um <laughs> So that was for Sunday's game. Now, there is one game that I may be interested in, but I'm pretty sure most of everybody not, and that is Russell Wilson returning to Seattle after he got traded to the Denver Broncos. It is the Broncos versus the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. You know, to me, Russell Wilson has meant so much in this league because when he first came in the league, he was – you know, the starter, took the team to the playoffs, unfortunately got beat by Atlanta, which was very unfortunate. And then the following year, took them to the Super Bowl, won it. Following year, another Super Bowl until they lost to that horrible, horrible goal goal line call.
1: Mm -hmm. But LSU knows something about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just – what he's done for Seattle alone has been absolutely crazy ever since, you know, Tim ha- um, Hasselback was the quarterback, and then obviously still Marshawn Lynch being the beast mode that he is, or that he was, I should say. But, uh, guys, I just want to ask, um, what was your, w- well, first off, because I know we didn't really talk about trades, you know, during, you know, our little, you know, off time when, you know, calls on the wall, calls to the wall wasn't airing uh, during the summer, but I want to ask, ask y'all what, what has Russell Wilson meant to Seattle more than he than you think he'll mean to Denver?
3: I think Russell Wilson was kind of what was keeping the Seahawks fans interested. Yeah. I, you know, they they've been going down. I think the one is there's one of they are one of those examples of a team that kind of refuses to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, they their defense was gutted. They lost Richard yeah. Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, sure. all those. Bobby the Legion Lightning. of Boom. Oh, they lost man. all of them. That was
2: uh, all of that them was a, were gone. That was a uh, mean defense. And, oh my God.
3: And then, you know, Marshawn, you know, kind of fell off and mm-hmm. they lost all of those wide receivers from the Super Bowl time. And Russell Wilson was really all that was there. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of got some hype with DK Metcalf. He came and people got excited.
2: Tyler Lockett.
3: I, I personally I I wonder how long Pete Carroll's still holding on. Yeah. I don't I don't know how much longer he's gonna be. A Seahawk.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, I I think the uh, the Broncos is a much better fit for Russell Wilson. I think they're gonna take care of him a lot better and build a better team around him mm-hmm. because now the Seahawks have Geno Smith who they didn't even get out of that trade. <laughs> that trade means nothing and Drew to, to the Seahawks now because Drew Locke isn't even starting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Drew Locke. No, I
2: I, I think your face told the story of yeah. that. <laughs>
1: Man, uh the only reason why I know Drew Locke is because, you know, UT beat him in the Texas oh, Bowl yeah. a couple of years ago. You remember that? Oh. Ah. was at that game. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish y'all could see what we're doing right now. Tom we're doing the Herman. Tom Herman <laughs> little strap-on deal. <laughs> move. But anyway, I feel like the impact that Russell Wilson has was, uh, with Seattle was huge. I mean, me personally, I didn't really know much about Seattle before Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Steve Largent, and that was it. Yeah. And so when he came... You know, he he brought a lot of controversy because he was really he was the first short dual dual threat threat quarterback quarterback Mm -hmm. being drafted that early, and so he brought a lot of controversy with him. And then within what his two three seasons, he won the Super Bowl with them. It's their first Super Bowl in franchise history. So I feel like he's had a. A wonderful impact on them, and they they really can't hate him for that. No,
2: I don't. I don't think. No. you shouldn't hate on him for they that. They shouldn't,
1: and and especially because of his attitude. He's not one of those guys who's like, yeah, I'm done with y'all and screw y'all. No, he no. talked about how much he loves Seattle. Oh yeah, but you know, now we we finding out about some issues that he had with Pete Carroll. But uh, anyway, going to the actual matchup, I feel like, um, I feel like the Broncos definitely have the other hand, upper hand with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that, I'm gonna have to say, Bronco Nation, let's ride. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: I gotta give you that. That was pretty good. Hold um, on, real quick. Have you seen those videos? Like all the calls. Yes, all these, yes. Oh, They're all so, they're so all funny funny. cringy. But they are
0: so cringy.
1: It's fun. Oh, it's it's funny.
0: I was in a little bit of shell shock uh, that he even got traded. Uh, I know he was injured a lot of last year. Um, I thought, you know, the Seahawks might give another chance. You don't trade your franchise like that. But it it was quite evident that they weren't championship contenders, even with Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's in a good position now with the Broncos, good wide receiver core, good defense. Um, are they playing at home or away? They will be in Seattle. In Seattle, okay. So this will be a good test if they're gonna boo or cheer. Um, I think they're gonna cheer. Yeah, they're him, gonna honestly, cheer. Honestly, because like maybe like, a little bit of pettiness, isn't it? <laughs> but like
2: like Paxton said, you can't you can't hate on the man that yeah. literally brought, brought your you franchise.
0: A yeah, brought you Super
2: Bowl and brought your franchise to its like actual like living core. So I honestly, I really don't think they should no, boo yeah, him. Honestly, bro. the twelfth man deserves to have an ovation for Russell Wilson and all he's done.
0: I don't think he'll get the Kawhi treatment or anything similar (laughs) to that, but uh, I'm riding with the Broncos, uh, good wide receivers. Uh, I think he needs needs to show that he's still Russell Wilson and what better to do than week one.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And then, you know, like you said, great rival series, Jerry, Judy, absolutely, amazing receiver you know coming out of that you know alabama receiving core that we're mm-hmm. so used to so accustomed to seeing but you will catch that on monday night football it'll be at 7 uh, 7 20 central time um uh, for on espn but guys that was your latest edition of claws to the wall once again i was your host kobe jackson now i'm here with colton Paxson and my man jp you guys have a great west of your third week of school you have a great football weekend we will catch y'all next week